friends, welcome to episode 49 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can, whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft, or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game up to the next level. I am Sarah. And I'm Rob. How we doing, Rob? Um, anxious, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's just <laughs> been, it's been an odd week. It's been an odd month. What, what a year this month has been. Uh, it feels like it. Like, uh, <laughs> somebody said to me yesterday, uh... We were talking about how long we've been in quarantine because mm-hmm. it's felt like a month and a half already. Yeah. And it hasn't been. Yeah. It's been weeks. And like, I think that's the weirdest part about it is everyone feels like it's been a lot, lot longer. Yeah. You, you, start, know, you start seeing why solitary <clears throat> confinement is considered, ca- uh, you know, uh, cruel, cruel and unusual. unusual. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. It is it is cruel and unusual what's going on mm. uh, to all of us. But uh, on the on the up and up, um, I've talked to a lot of people and they're doing well. That's yeah. the good news. And people yeah. are getting in contact with each other. And I like that. That's mm-hmm. always nice. So a lot of uh, a lot of great stories about people, you know, using technology to reach out and network. Yes, and, and a lot of our... great news about technology being used for gaming. Yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah, when in fact, uh, we saw one of our one of our listeners, uh, Mistress, was uh, uh, yep. getting her game going online on Discord, yes, yes. and uh, said they 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 were usually a you know a tabletop game uh in person and since uh distance was no longer a factor they invited a friend from vancouver well there you go so so that one was really great to hear that uh you know Mm -hmm. we're we're, we're almost expanding because of this i I think it is and i think a lot more people are reaching out to more people to try Mm. things that they wouldn't normally do yeah i mean i was playing um uh drawful with some friends yep and we started it out really small, but it was nice because, like, I just immediately contacted two other people and, like, hey, do you want to play? And they just jumped in. And then they contacted two people and then they jumped in. So we had, like, you know, almost eight people playing from all over the place uh-huh. in just seconds. Yeah. So it felt more like, hey, we're at the bar. Come on, stop by. Right, right. You know, with about the same appropriate level of drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, so that that worked out really well. Awesome. Uh, but you had a game this weekend. Oh, we had a game this weekend. Yes, yes, yeah. it was my game. Yeah, this is the one that we had waited to have you run because you wanted a little bit more time to get ready for it, and I think it really paid off. Yeah, yeah, that was it was a combination of uh, me just not really quite being ready for the switch to virtual. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of. Uh, I suppose mentally dealing with things mm-hmm. and just needing a little extra time to kind of just you know ease myself into that. Um, so I think we're all we're all dealing with things right now, you know. Yes. Uh, but uh, I th- I think it went well um, mm-hmm. from a technology standpoint. Uh, the table felt very good. Yeah. Um. Uh. Once again, huge shout out to my boyfriend Sean for yes all I... of the hard work he put in um, finding different mods for tabletop yeah. simulator and different models and... and just playing with it to get it to figure it out. Yeah. Because there's so much that's in that. It's a it's a really neat utility mm-hmm. you know but it's also a lot like a swiss army knife where like sometimes you like i didn't realize this thing had like a laser pointer on it right i've had right, it for three right. years how does this work you know and someone to flip through everything and show you and then go oh by the way you can also do this because of this mm-hmm. and you or, were showing or even just creative uses for existing tools oh, very much so where it was like you know importing importing um uh maps with transparency Right. Or sections of maps with transparency onto tokens. Yeah. And making those tokens large enough that they become playboard sections and then yeah. stacking those on top of each other to create three dimensional terrain. Which is neat. 
That's just, just neat. Just great. You yeah, know? you you made some really neat things. It was a, it was very much like we were sitting down at your table again with you making models. Only I had real fire this time. You did. You had real fire. Had real uh, animated Which fire. was apparently really loud for some of the players. <laughs> but uh, no, but I think, uh, I, I, I don't think anything was lost by the technology. Mm-hmm. I think we had some gains by it. Yeah. I mean, nothing, I would say nothing substantially overt that it drew away from the game. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I was able to give a game on par with what I would have done with uh, physical terrain and miniatures. Um, so I, I felt very good about it. Um, mm-hmm. Now that said, um, only the first half of the game was really kind of uh, with the, the, the miniatures and the models and everything like that that we'd kind of put together. The second half of the game was a little, um, a little loosey-goosey. Yes. Uh, you guys finished the the dungeon. Uh, you met a dragon. Yes. Um, which in the Elder Scrolls uh, universe, that's kind of a big deal. Um, you fought a dragon priest, and some people got some uh, age-old ancestral tensions worked out. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. To say the least, one of our, our party members is a uh, Nord, basically, mm. uh, from Skyrim. Uh, and he uh, has certain feelings uh, based on historical things that have occurred in the Elder Scrolls realm that basically his people were screwed by them. So talking to a dragon priest and being like, oh, you're still around? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you remember the thing you did back to me in high school? I'm going to kick your ass now. <laughs> right. You're still around? Don't get used to that. <laughs> um, but uh, when you guys left this uh, this cave, this uh, this sort of dungeon, this tomb of the tomb of this dragon, um, you, were, you were kind of jumped by the bad guys. Yeah. They were like just outside the door. Yeah, they'd, they'd caught up with you. They'd figured out where you were through yeah. your movements and your interactions with, with townsfolk and whatnot and like right. that. And they'd, they'd essentially narrowed down where you were. When you came out, they'd captured your horses, mm-hmm. and then they moved in for the for the take. Now, I, I want to point out something before you get into your... Because I think the next part is really important yeah. to, to flow and everything. Um, but what this really painted out for me was um, uh, character economy in mm-hmm. D&D 5th edition. Mm-hmm. Um, that... We never got a long rest. Right. This was all the same day. So we had actually got, we started the campaign, or we started this section of the campaign, this day of the campaign, two, uh, sessions. two sessions ago. Yeah. So we had run two sessions, and it had been not <clears throat> even a total, I would say, of 12 hours. Yeah. It had been probably closer to like eight, maybe. Uh, if if even. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's you really. Guys, you guys broke, woke up basically at the break of dawn. Right. And fought a hard, bunch of guys. Hard rode your horses in, like basically at this as sun the sun was rising. Right, right, right. Um, so that I mean that that was like six in the morning because this right. is the height of summer. That yeah. you're that you're taking place in. So right. you figure six in the six six thirty generously in right. the morning. You're having this t- pitched battle with these with these Daedra. Right, not an easy battle, <clears throat> mind you. We we loaded ourselves hard with that battle. Yeah, I figured you guys meandered around in in kind of in in the ruins of the town. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the characters had to kind of pay their respects because this. Yep. the ruins of his hometown right 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 um for, for another about half hour or so yeah. it was a really short trek over to that cave i mean it was maybe nine by the time we were done it wasn't a long cave no no so i figured you were having that meeting with that dragon because you did take a short rest in there correct so that being an hour right there i figured it was about noon when you had that talk with the dragon yeah, noon, one o'clock. I mean, that basically by the time I felt that we had reached there, because we did, we had a couple of mini events because of, it was like a puzzle case, yeah. cave for us. Um, so yeah, I felt very much like it was, um, 
it was just a couple of hours. So maybe, yeah, uh, I would say tw- somewhere between noon and two is noon when two, we're, yeah. we were talking to the dragon. Of yep. course, we're inside. So we have no idea what's going on. Yep. Um, yep. And then after that, we had a fight mm-hmm. after we talked to the dragon, which again was not, I mean, it was a, wasn't a, a couple fight. It wasn't a couple rounds, but mm-hmm. again, uh, it's always the recovery after the fight. That's the hard part. Yeah. And so we did another short rest at the end of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so really it was, it wasn't even, <sighs> I don't, I, I don't think it was any, any later than maybe three in the afternoon. Yeah. I was like three, four o'clock. Yeah. yeah. That seems about right. So we came out basically in midday heat. Yep. You know, four o'clock in the afternoon, hungry. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we probably could have taken a point of exhaustion for the amount of work effort we did if you really wanted to put it that way. Well, you took short rests. But I mean, that's, that's what that's econ- economically, I as a caster, I was I was there the the the, the body of cleric, and I was down. Like I had my divination because I did my short rest, mm-hmm. but spells wise, I was down to basically two slots. Yep. Um, at that, everybody was back to relatively full mm-hmm. health wise. But we were down on spells for all of our casters. Um, our uh, we had expended most of our abilities. Your per day uh, per, abilities. Per day yeah. abilities. Yeah. So we were sitting around like, okay, we just walked out into hell, you know, because now yeah. we've got anywhere between twenty and forty guards. We really didn't know. And there are there are three bandit captains that yeah. are that are the major players there in the uh, the, the area you guys are playing in. Yeah. And two of them. Yeah. Were personally within a hundred feet of you. Yeah. So, so it, was, it was very. We knew where we were emotionally with our characters. Mm-hmm. We were like, we're screwed. And it was, how do we get beyond this situation? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where this really comes in as far as the story goes, was yeah. that it was a it was a set point in time that we looked at like, crap, we have another fight to get through. Mm-hmm. And we're probably not going to make it. How are we going to get through this? Right, so, right. And so that's kind of where uh, a lot of the show topic came up for today mm-hmm. was actually my my thinking about how to implement this scene where essentially I'm removing the I say removing the free will of your characters because the the planned outcome for that was they move in and do their best to take you alive and capture every single one of you. Right. And I had some factors in play to encourage surrender, mm-hmm. um, basically because if they only were only capture, able to capture some of you, they would just slowly torture and kill the rest of you to get you know to get the rest of you to turn in, so that they didn't right. have right. gorilla elements out there. Which makes know. sense. Um, now you had one of the bandit groups that was essentially kind of covertly helping you, yeah, and so they were able to get to you first and tell you like, "Look, this is going down, and you guys need to surrender because it's the only way you're going to live through this." And this was after two of our members have been, ca- or three of our members have been captured. Oh, uh, just just two at that point. The third had. Uh... Oh, that's right. She had just gotten away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she yep, had gotten yep. away and gotten gotten back to you. Um, and so. It kind of left me with with a lot of questions as a storyteller of um, how do I put you put the player characters into a scene where I want a particular outcome to happen. I need a particular outcome to happen narratively. Okay, from the standpoint of I wanted to have that, and we'll we'll circle back to this one an Empire Strikes Back moment. You know, where the heroes need to be dealt a loss. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I didn't want to give it to you in a way that was framed as a combat, because first off, there was like twenty-five to thirty bandits out there, 
and I didn't want to get bogged down in that. But like D and D combat is so, so slow already; it can mm-hmm. take an hour to do one round. Right. I'm not going to put all that many miniatures out there and right. square by square initiative turn. You mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Second off, I didn't want to phrase it to you guys as a combat that because. When you frame something as a combat, I feel like that puts in the player's mind that this is a win-loss situation. You know, if we're going to roll initiative, and I want you guys to move tactically, and I've got minis on the board and terrain and stuff like that, already you're in the mindset of, we should be able to win this fight. This is a fight, ergo, there is a win condition here. Okay, okay. That involves combat. Okay. You know? And when you guys started to lose that, I didn't want there to be false pretenses. You follow? I'm totally with you. Okay. So then I started asking myself, like, okay, so how do I go about doing this, but still retain player agency and not make you guys feel like I've completely railroaded you into this, Mm -hmm. but also have it happen, but also make you feel not feel like i've completely railroaded and screwed you over at the end of the day all very valid questions you know (laughs) i I get where you're coming from i know those moments so i would love as as a player i would love to hear your thoughts on a how it played out in my game and b the broader the, the broader topic of how as a storyteller do you deal in those ebbs and flows those moments where the villain has a victory to you know, well, and and are and how are those necessary? How should they play out, etc.? Let's let's start with the basics. Um, I'm going to come from my perspective as a player, um, and say that a I did completely enjoy your story. It was great, and your final discussion on it and where you were going cleared my mind of everything. Okay, great. But from my perspective, and I figured out what it was, what really hit me because I know you recognized that I was in stress mm-hmm. the moment that we started. I was like, something's not right, and what it came down to was. You had broken from the rhythm as a game master that you have set us up with. Mm -hmm. And that's what threw me off. Okay. Because I knew something was wrong. Because you didn't, you you started combat things, but wouldn't let us get into initiative and combat. And I went, this is, it felt wrong. Yeah. It felt very wrong. It's like that moment when your friends are like, hey, we're going to go to the bar can you, you you jump in the car and you're like, I always drive. Why do you want me to get in your car? Mm-hmm. It's fine. I'm just in the driveway. Why did you park in the driveway? You always park in the street so that I can drive. And from that moment forward, your brain is on a different wavelength. You are yep. no longer enjoying yourself. And so I think in that regard, mm-hmm. I was uncomfortable because okay. it felt awkward. Everything felt cumbersome. Okay. And I think that was the first stage to it. Now... You recovered well because you explained at the end everything. Uh-huh. And I think that was the, oh, okay. Like, everything was fine then. Right. Because the, the, the ending, by the way, that he's referring to for our yeah. listeners is that um, the uh, the party has been corresponding with the other NPCs in their player organization. Correct. Uh, the, the Fighters Guild and the Mages Guild. Right, right, and right. And been keeping them all in the loop. And mm-hmm. they've, they've fostered friendships and camaraderies amongst them and stuff like that. Yep. Um, and so uh, because they have kept them all in the loop and essentially let them know that there's, you know, all these elements in play and what's going on with them, uh, help is already on the way. And so our next game session, we are going to be 
uh, we are going to be playing those NPC characters almost as a one-shot to go rescue the main PCs. Which I think is great. I think that's a lot of fun. I think, and we'll talk about this, mm-hmm. that your that your your thought pattern of getting to that ending was a stumbling point. And I think we can work through it. And I'm not... And, and this is what's interesting about Sarah mm-hmm. and I and anyone else, is that a lot of times, as game masters, we get to that point. We've done something... And I'm not going to say wrong is a bad term. Mm-hmm. We, we, we create a situation and we... Uh, we try we try something new, something different. Yeah. And suddenly we're like, oh, crap, that didn't work. Like, Or at least it didn't come out the way it planned. And you feel it. You feel the, the, the bind there, and you're frustrated, and you're like, I just want it to go this way. And you're trying to figure out how to press through it. And then at the end of it, you're like, you either you feel like it was a loss, you don't feel like you made it, and you don't have anything, you have no good way to analyze it. Mm-hmm. And that's always a problem as a storyteller, is you're like, how do I analyze my my loss internally and figure out what happened? And this is where discussing things with players after the fact and discussing things with other storytellers can give you other perspective. And that's really what our podcast is about. Mm-hmm. So I love when you guys drop stuff in chat and talk about situations like this. And there's another situation I want to talk about later if we have the time for it that I saw online. Um, and I, I know just a little bit about, but enough that I want to have the discussion. Yeah, sure. Um, but uh, we'll get to that. But effectively in this, this is a good dissection point where we can talk about it mm-hmm. and we can come up with ideas and how to move forward. Yeah. And what we've learned. Um, and actually, I had learned about this well before in my own time. I've done it so many times because I was a terrible railroader. Mm-hmm. I was horrible at it. I needed to railroad my players into certain things. And I figured out how to do that. But it's hard to explain it. But I think today we can try. Yeah, okay. And I think you've got some really great framework for we can talk about this. Um, So I'm going to say that we diverse from your story briefly. Sure. And we talk more about it in general. Sure. And then we come back to a possible solution set for you, much like if you were just a listener of our show. I think it's great. Okay. All right. All right. So when we're talking about um, ebb and flow, we're talking about two aspects. One when the story happens to the players mm-hmm. or when, or sorry, the characters, let's be honest. Um, or when the characters are driving through the story, right? They're, 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 it sounds similar, but really those are two very separate things. Mm-hmm. In one case, you have players who are in a town and a fight happens. Like something comes and attacks the town. Something came to them. Plot has been placed upon them and now they have to do something about it versus they're out and they have options, and mm-hmm. they pick an option, and they follow that option. Right. You know, we had that to start with. The beginning of our of our sequence, I'll say, because it was really two sessions ago, yeah. was us saying, hey, we fought the thing in this town, and we had an option to go take a look in these ruins. And so we went through the ruins. It was a, a standard dungeon kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We left the ruins, and plot came to us. Right. Now we have a situation Somebody may have seen that as it was just another encounter in the dungeon because it's a chain of events. Sure, sure. As far as things go, but really there's a different thing there because plot has come to us to be affected. It's Mm -hmm. a point of transition. So how do you handle that point of transition? How do do you take it away from the 
because uh, if players are going from place to place, you have a set thing open and saying, hey, this is what could happen. Yep. In all these situations, I really don't care. Because once you've planted those seeds out there, however the players plow through them is their choice. Do they burn it all? Do they carefully pick everything? Do they ignore things? Mm -hmm. Whatever happens, happens. Sure, it's kind of your typical sandbox setup, yeah. Correct, but when players, when you push something to the players, you have an expectation of options, Mm -hmm. of what could possibly come. And it pushes you into thinking about railroading. And it happens to all of us because you want to set a smaller set of outcomes for yourself as the storyteller. Well, yeah, it could because especially as a storyteller, you're looking at, you know, the options of what could happen and you're like, oh, God, it could be anything. You mm-hmm. know? And for me, I am one of the storytellers that does not like to have to have like improv all the time. You right. Know? I know there are certain storytellers that thrive on that. Mm-hmm. I really want my stuff written down so that it comes off smoothly. Right. And it looked planned and it comes across, you know, so I'm not fumbling through it, you know. Right, right. And especially because I plan most of the rest of my stuff, I've got, you know, these moments where I, I, you know, I've got these dialogues written out and I've got music cues and I've got miniatures written up for things. And then if somebody throws something off the wall at me, um, I, um, uh, I, um, am going to, um, be, let me check my notes. Right. You know, and that for me, that's a break in my rhythm and I feel, that, you know, so I can only imagine no, what's I, like for you I guys. No, I get it. I get it. Um, but I think for me, um... The hardest part is that, is the, I'm going to bring you plot, and I'm going to tell, basically, I'm going to give you options. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say, let's, when you talk about railroading, you're trying to direct the overarching plot to a direction, mm-hmm. so that you have an outcome to continue the agency of the story in the direction you chose. Right. When you do something like that, you have to give the impression that the mechanics has not have not changed Mm -hmm. right so if if there's a point where conflict is going to happen conflict happens that way Mm -hmm. the agency as the storyteller is there can just be another conflict right after it and another one right after that and another one right after that to get to the point that you choose Mm -hmm. does it now does that feel like a heavy hand so for instance now i'm going to come back to your scenario sure 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 so we come out our horses are taken. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to put this out there. You could have just had 14, you know, five guys there holding our horses and searching the town. Now we've got to figure out how we're going to get our horses. Okay, let's start this. So we start an encounter. Mm-hmm. Literally roll dice. Five guys are there. We burn through everything we have. We get injured. We have a, a bunch of stuff happen to us. Halfway through, reinforcements show up on horseback with the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do we have our horses? Did the horses get injured? Do we still have an option to try and leave? Does someone still have an option to try and leave? Do we escape? All of those can be chains of events that literally push us, push us into it. Now, granted, at that point, I probably would have said the moment that we stepped outside as a storyteller, based on timing and everything, I would have said, and we're going to pause here. Mm-hmm. Because at this point, we're like, okay, now we got to think about how we're going to get through this scenario with it. Like, a limited resource set. Yeah. So that the next morning you can say, it has been this long. It is now four o'clock in the afternoon and the group is exhausted. They've taken a short rest, but, and you could paint the scenario as exhausted, change the theme. Mm -hmm. And it would show you do the same thing. You'd repaint the picture. You could even have made it raining or 
muggy Mm -hmm. or hot or oppressive or whatever to change the feel Mm -hmm. to get us to the point where everyone is exhausted except this fresh free group of guys who just showed up after a ride from town to steal our horse to take our horses and search for us so now we're trying to figure out how we're gonna get our way in there only to have a boss show up and now we've got to deal with a boss in our fight and we get knocked down now another thing that you said was combat should give us the opportunity to win. You're right. It does give us the opportunity to win. I don't know that it, I don't know that it should give you the opportunity to win. I disagree with that strongly, but I think it sets the expectation in the players. But that it also, there is a win opportunity through combat. And, and in all honesty, there is. But wins have acceptable losses. Sometimes those acceptable losses are losses of spells, mm-hmm. loss of armor, loss of limbs, loss of a player who's you know, we all survived except for Todd, who died after we slid his body across the floor and let the the, the opening salvo of arrows get shot into him versus Aww, us. Poor Todd. It's pretty funny. I've, I read that one. It was funny as hell. <laughs> um, but you're, you're given an acceptable loss, mm-hmm. and sometimes at the end of that, there's still more to do. Right, right. You know, just because you made it through that room of the dungeon then doesn't mean that the next room of the dungeon isn't just as dangerous as the previous one. All right. So that's, that's, that's great. That's okay. Part two to that. All right. And this is the second part that I wanted to get to. Not so much that we have an acceptable win, but that loss doesn't mean death. Right. That's the hardest part to get out, especially in D and D that not everyone attacks to kill. And I think that's the difference in most games is that we are murder hobos. We go right from zero to murder versus cripple. And I think that setting, changing that expectation that, yeah, every once in a while you do get knocked down to zero mm-hmm. and nobody coup de gras you. Yeah. They're, they're not there for that. But yeah, you're freaking incapacitated. Mm-hmm. You might be unconscious, but most likely you're just so messed up that you can barely do anything but hold yourself on the ground, hoping that you don't die. Yep. You know, and that... That guy's going to come over, and he's going to put you in shackles, and he's going to put a bag over your head, and that's it. End scene. End scene. Yep. Wait till next scene. So my whole feeling behind this is is that setting the expectation for your players that that zero isn't coup de gras death, mm-hmm. that sometimes you get captured is different, and that your ending was a perfect example of that. I think the whole combat could have happened the way... That it did, mm-hmm. but in a mechanical sense, only to have the silent ones or voiceless ones. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe some people did get away, got off a of set. Like if you guys, and you can even you could even have said it to say, okay, if you get to edge of frame, you can escape. Mm-hmm. You know, this encounter, and you're outside of the encounter, and maybe somebody's just like, I'll take it. I've got this. Let whoever be that person, you know, whether it was the orc or whoever, stands their ground. Right. Well, you guys go away. Mm -hmm. Right. And so they get their asses handed to them because they know that's going to happen. Right. Which gives them the gives the character agency to do that. Mm -hmm. But then that group that gets away, they're like, great. We need the voiceless ones here. Great. We need your help. Yeah, we're going to bind you. What? We have to take you. Why? Because they're going to kill them if we don't. And we can't be seen to openly defy them. Correct. Well, well, why not? Because that was the deal. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. We convinced them to capture you instead of murder you. Because the captain would want to talk to you. 
So they were just going to murder us? Yeah. Straight yeah. up. You're straight up alive because of us right now. They're actually going to murder you and then raise you and then send you back to Anvil. Yeah. <laughs> because that makes sense to their mentality of what they've been doing. Uh-huh. You know? So in that, you ended it just the way I would have expected it to end. Mm-hmm. Our our one ally in the inside was just like, dude, you got to follow us on this one. Mm-hmm. Like, Sorry. You know, we'll we'll protect as much of your gear as we possibly can to make sure it doesn't go into their hands. But we're going to take you in and we'll we'll do our best to not let you get injured. Mm-hmm. And so the people who do make it away, who who finish the combat in a successful way, get that successful bonus. Those ones who went in, they get the glory of being the defensive people. But yeah, they're pretty messed up. Yeah, yeah. So like Again, we move forward. Now the group's like, shit, so so what's the next encounter? In all honesty, I might not even have said anything right up until the very end and been like, okay. So next scene will be you guys getting ca- in capture. By the way, this is how we're going to start it and hand out the character sheets like a, a little bit ahead of time to get people comfortable with the characters. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to – here's the thing. Because you, you're not going to have a zero session for the other characters. Right, right, right. Which is I challenging. Was, the, the thing was – and maybe maybe this is me just being in my own head at the time because I myself was kind of frustrated with how things had turned out. Um, I uh, uh, I was kind of feeling some of the tension from some of the other players. Um, one player in particular had messaged me that they were having a bit of a tough emotional time that day. Correct. And such like that. So I, I knew that we weren't all on the greatest emotional – terms at that point which is why i might would have stopped right and i i didn't want to just hand you guys an ass kicking and then hand you like oh and by the way surprise mm-hmm. you know you thought you were going to be playing your characters but yep. now you have to come up with whole new personalities for these new characters you know next week s- next week so yeah. i i wanted to let you guys know that well ahead of time of like mm-hmm. okay here's what you have to at least look forward to yeah this is not the end for your characters please don't be mourning them i know nope. it's only been a few I'm moments since i got captured but i'm with you um but I think this also goes back to timing. Mm-hmm. I think that when you hit that point, we all have that thing as a storyteller that we have to get through what we had planned. Yeah. And sometimes it takes a lot for us to mark on the sheet, this is a story beat. Mm-hmm. And say, okay, they're outside, story beat. What time is it? How much time do I have left? Yeah. Is that enough to make this right? Mm-hmm. And not squeeze it in and rush it. Yeah, yeah, Let yeah. the scene have its time. And I think in that, we get close to rushing the end. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I think that's one of the first things is that ebb and flow works in a story like this when you take the time and remember to take the time. It's been like, nope, I just got to put this off a week. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That'll push that next thing off a week. But that's fine. You could have started the next session with that whole encounter done a ton of two-hour combat encounter, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, a half an encounter with the five guys and us trying to get the horses, which we may or may not have gotten. Yep. And then the end of the encounter with us trying to make a heroic, you know, the guard making a heroic stand while the casters make it away, you know, kind of a thing, mm-hmm. you know, or one person makes it away to be able to go back to Anvil and tell people what had happened, only to have him get captured by the last person and be like, no, you got to go back. We got to take you back. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll go and let them know. Don't worry. You know, kind of a thing. And that's the key where you evidently you're like, okay, and we stop there. And then at that point, you'd have the rest of the encounter, the re- the rest of the time for the session, mm-hmm. that second session or the additional session to say, okay, guys, 
let's all take a breather. We're going to have some lunch, and I'm going to tell you about what's going to happen. And then you hand out the sheets, and we start talking about these characters. And we right. come up with things, and we feel all energized so that the next game session, we're right ready for it. Yeah, yeah, okay. So you kind of pre-create that zero session to get yourself framed for the next one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that, that, could, that definitely could have worked. Now, I'm not saying that the whole next session could be a zero session mm-hmm. in town with those characters to get us comfortable with them. Mm-hmm. You know? You think do two sessions with them? Why not? You, you, you rushing for something? You need to get this done by September or something? Well, I just figured you guys wanted to get back to your back to your regular characters. But... Well, sure. But, but the whole thing is, is that we are gaming to play roles and we are wanting to get to those. But at the same time, why waste the moment? That's fair. That's actually very fair. Sometimes you need to step away from the darkness, mm-hmm. which we're going to be stepping into, yeah, to try and recover ourselves, and it may take us time to get there. Yeah. And now we have this opportunity to do scenes with these other characters to figure out who they are mm-hmm. and how they work so that when we get to something challenging, we can have fun with it. Okay. And then flip the whole deck. Now you know more about those characters. Mm-hmm. You can include those bits into the story. And... The story can progress. Okay, that's very fair. So I got, I've got one, one kind of like, I guess, follow up question sure, here. Um, sure. And and that's uh, what I would call is my, my the Empire Strikes Back moment. I'm stepping okay. down from my box. Go ahead. Okay. Well, well, <laughs> you can, don't, don't don't step too far away from it because I might want you to get right back on it. Because oh, fair enough. Fair enough. The um, you'd mentioned having you know like one one encounter after another after another after another to basically kind of drive home with it, like you are exhausted you are drawn out and this is not going to end well for you sort of mm-hmm. you know, sort of thing but at least you have that fighting chance and at least you get to go through the motions right right okay so when I say the Empire Strikes Back moment okay um, which scene are we talking about we're talking about Cloud City. Okay, we're, we're talking about the finale where everything goes to crap and the Empire is everywhere and everybody is losing and everything is bad. And the only thing they accomplish from it is the ability to limp away from it, wounded and with their lives. Okay, so let's start. So hold on. The okay. question is. Sure. At what point do you think Han and Leia and probably even Luke's player characters mm-hmm. or players. Mm-hmm. Would have just thrown their hands up at their storyteller and said, oh, come on, dude. More stormtroopers? Now Darth Vader's here? That, when Darth Vader literally blocked everything that the gunslinger did and then pulled his gun from him. You think Han would have just flipped the table and... 100% without... The player who was playing Han would have flipped the damn table and went, Well, I am no longer a gunslinger. You literally... You took my plus four Holy Avenger which I got three missions ago, hard fought. I just literally threw all of my spells at him as, as a paladin. You said a 27 didn't hit, and then he disarmed me. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Because basically what you're doing there is you're saying, this is a primary villain, and he gets an action after every action you do. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Block, 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 block. And he's using telekinesis to steal your weapon. What? How does he have that? Because he's a damn monster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's have, an epic monster. You have kicked the proverbial hornet's nest, and now he is here. <laughs> exactly. And and that's the thing is, is that it's a finale moment mm-hmm. of, oh, shit, kind of stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to have those moments in the story earlier. You mm-hmm. have to show the power of something earlier. To be able to have... When have we retreated? You haven't. You have plowed through... Yeah, we did. Did you? 
Two of us did. The troll. We went into the town. We had oh, to retreat. You... That was a scouting mission. I don't really count that as a retreat. It was a retreat. I assure you it was a retreat. One of us okay. knew it was a retreat. One of you was on a scouting mission. The other <laughs> the other one thought he could just handle the situation. The other, Lord Thalian Arroway, who shall remain nameless, <laughs> just strolled into the middle of town. And, right. Yeah. And, and to be fair, I think uh, he puts something on a good point. As long as the rules aren't fudged, it doesn't matter. You can do everything within the rule set. That's the thing. And as a storyteller, mm-hmm. maybe you do need to have more stormtroopers and layer actions and your villain to have those power sets. Darth Vader is a ridiculous villain. He is. He's absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And as a villain, he needs to be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, we meet him very early on, well before the Cloud City situation, and we know how effing dangerous he is. Yeah. He literally, like... <laughs> when you, and this is the difference with Seven C. I can literally give you a scene with the villain and a whole bunch of good guy henchmen dying mm-hmm. in miraculous ways to paint out what everyone already knows about that villain, right? Whereas in our game, all of our villains are mysteries, every one of them. Until we fight them, we have no idea what they're capable of. We only have guesses of what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. And that is a key difference. If you can set the expectation in the player's mind of what the villain is, of what the monster is, of whatever is, by f- giving them a scenario or a story, mm-hmm. now there's a question in their mind whether or not they can do it. But if they don't know, they're just going to try and win. Do you want to hear something funny? Sure. I've had about five different places mm-hmm. where you guys are supposed to run into these these guys, mm-hmm. and you have gone the opposite direction or made the opposite choice to avoid them. Maybe with knowing, maybe without knowing, but you have the path you have chosen has deliberately avoided every plot I have ever written to set these guys up for you. Yep, yep. I mean, and and this is the thing is is that a lot of storytellers will not put a villain in the same place as their players until they're ready to have that that villain die. Mm-hmm. But there's no reason why you can't uh, you can't have a moment like where a player uh, literally tries something stupid and bad things happen, right? So a, a good example uh, early on. Okay. First movie. Well, let's not say first movie. Early on the story, Luke witnesses his mentor die or give his life because it was Obi-Wan and Darth Vader fighting. Mm -hmm. He knew the guy that was literally teaching him how to be a master at his sword school and the villain were fighting. Mm -hmm. And he's like, who is that dude? Who's fighting Obi-Wan? I don't know, but he's a big guy. All right, well, get him. Like, no, 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 that's Vader. Who? How do you know who Vader is? Dude, I have lore. That's Vader. He, right. He kills people and runs all of this shit. See all these stormtroopers? They all believe he's God. Okay? <laughs> so, your dude's fighting him? We need to get the hell out of here. Why? Because he's going to die. Okay? And we're going to leave because he's a crazy old guy. What just happened? I think he just vaporized him. We should go. I'm going to shoot at him. No, no, no. You're going to close that door so that he doesn't get us. And then we're going to leave. Because that's what you want. You want your players to go, oh, shit. Uh-huh. He just killed my master. The guy who can kick my ass in 30 seconds. Yeah. You yeah. know, my Sifu is dead. What do I do now? Shit. You run. You do what everyone else does. 
When you see an agent, you run. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. And that's the key is that you have to instill that early, and that's really hard to think about doing because you're always worried about that one player who's going to pull out their bowl and shoot a natural 20. Yeah, yeah. You ready? Because I've seen it happen. There are all kinds of rules that we as players have to stop that from happening. There is nothing to say that there are an equal number of rules for a boss to have to handle those situations. Right? Just literally, if you're that worried as a storyteller, give every single one of your bad guys luck. Yeah. So they have two dice sitting off to the side every day waiting. <laughs> Just waiting for that natural 20 to come and be like, oh yeah, you hit him. He's not dead. Well, the other the other thing too is that you know you got to consider that especially you know for for big bad guys like this, sure, you, you're probably not the first person who wanted to take a pot shot at them. Oh no! So they've probably got some contingencies set up. Without a doubt, them. yeah. Without a doubt, M- mine do. Right, but at the same time, you know, right, you you don't want that murder hobo of you know your 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 main villain shows up for the very first time in the story and says, ah ha ha, you've walked into my and gets a crit to the face. But the thing is, is that he's not addressing the players; mm-hmm. he's addressing somebody else. Who he's murdering. He's mm. choking out. He's literally shooting, you know, anybody tries to kill him, he's literally just waving his hand and murdering these people. With hundreds watching that are all at his back and call. Yeah, yeah. Because he needs to show them that he can do that. So now you've got a villain, a real villain. Like, uh, just as equally, in stories that don't involve direct combat, but you don't want encounters with a villain, you need to have the villain have importance, weight, and control. Mm-hmm. Something that means way more than what your players can handle at that point. Yeah. So that they understand there's a weight to that villainy. So the the, the final bit that I would say sure. to this whole thing is um, then how do you pose that to your players in a way that says this opponent is still beatable if you're smart, but you may not just want to go toe-to-toe with them. Because I've put some of those things out there for you of how horrible these bandits are and some of the things that that they're doing and some of the responses that I've gotten, even from you yourself, have been, this is way above our pay grade. We're not even dealing with this. Because that's still an option. That's always an option. Us walking away is always an option. It is, but then the story doesn't happen. It does. It just has to happen somewhere else. That's the hard part as a storyteller. That's not a great answer. I know it isn't, but it's the truth. I don't like it. I know you don't don't like like it. I don't like any of that. I know you don't like it. I can't work with that. Well, (laughs) that's the problem. See, that's why we have these shows. That's why we have these shows, folks. (laughs) Because you need to have... You need to remember that at any given time, your players are going to just ignore whatever you handed them or tell you we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. And then you need to have it happen a different way. Yeah, yeah. Again, if all your players decide to be passive, because they really don't want to fight, the, car- the players don't want to fight that day. Mm-hmm. They're stressed out. They're They're just trying to avoid things. Maybe they just, like, maybe at the beginning of the whole thing, they wanted to be a murder ranger and just snipe everything that came in. And then, like, three session in, sessions in, decide that, after killing a dozen orcs and a bunch of goblins, you made one comment from a kid who was in a town like, I was friends with Gobo. And now they're like, oh, crap. I'm I'm a lo- I'm an ass. 
I just murdered all those goblins and one of these kids was friends with one of them. Shit, I'm the villain. Mm. And now they make themselves a freaking pacifist and you're like, well, there goes three encounters. Yeah. Yeah. That That's a thing. The story's different. No, that that's that's fine. That's fine. I mean, it's one thing. It's one thing if your story is different and has to change. Thank it's, you, thank you, Sam. <laughs> it's an entirely different thing, though. If you know, like, literally, your entire plot doesn't happen. Like, we're not going into the Highlands to go after the Poppy King because that guy's too big. Right. Nope. We are going to the Imperial City and we're getting drunk. <laughs> you know, like th- then what? You then, know, then then you pause and walk. And say, and, and, and basically have to shift. It, mm-hmm. It's it's honestly 100% true. At that point, you have to pivot and change. Yeah. Just like any combat, when you step into something and you're like, okay, I'm fighting sword and board. And the guy takes four steps back and grabs a bow and arrow and you're like, shit. Mm. This combat just completely changed. <laughs> or worse yet, grabs a cannon. And now you're like, maybe it's time to retreat and regroup. I don't know. How big is the shield? Exactly. Exactly. So... Remember that at any time, your players can completely step away from your plot. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that plot needs to go on hold, and you need to do something else. Yep. Sometimes it's a small part of the plot, sometimes it's a bigger part of the plot, but you need to regroup. That's all I'm saying. Because it's more about everyone having the story, mm-hmm. having an impact. It's a group storytelling. And I think you handled it well. Okay. I think the situation ended well. I think the the part that you stumbled on was you moved away from the mechanics. You changed the rules of the game. Yeah. And everyone felt it. Yeah. And then it got awkward and then it got painful because everybody had this vision of what was going on and how it was supposed to work out and suddenly we couldn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. So, if you get into those binds again, where you're like, I want the story to go in this direction, think about what has to happen Mm -hmm. to move forward, okay? If in your mind, the players have to be caught, do they all have to be caught today? Do they all have to be caught tomorrow? Do you you set a situation where, yeah, they're going to murder those other two players? That's... In your head, that's what those guys are going to do, mm-hmm. right? But there was nothing to say that we couldn't have gotten away with the voiceless ones. Or gotten away, and the voiceless ones caught up with us, right? The next day, mm-hmm. later that same day, as we're exhausted, and said, we came to you with something. You have to return with us. Why? Because we're going to catch you. If we were doing our jobs, we would have caught you already and told the murder you. But they believe you have information, and there's only one person who's going to extract that information from you properly. So we're taking you in. Or else what? And you unwrap a finger. Mm. (laughs) Like, they mean business. Are you willing to let those those people die? Yeah. Yeah. Decisions now have to be made. Right now, Lord Thaling would just let them die. Let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess the, the the way I was thinking about it is like if 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 I let you guys out of that scene and off doing other things, like you may have just gone back to Anvil and like 
one of you has a magic item that allows you to fly once a day. Sure. And so even if it was the next day, you'd have had a long rest, you'd have had a lot of your resources back, plans would have been put in motion, and then there would have been no putting a cap on it. Again, you had an ace in the hole as a storyteller of the voiceless ones, mm-hmm. who can literally move through shadows, darkness, and other means to ca- to to catch up with us. Mm-hmm. It was dazed Anvil regardless of how we traveled. That's fair. At any point, plot could have caught up with us. Mm -hmm. In a nice, comfortable way. Okay. First level rule can stop a 20th level paladin. All he needs is a dagger and a baby. That is 100% true. Oh my goodness. See? Every, Every point, and again, the key is stay in the mechanics that you set forth. Yeah, yeah. Right? In 7C, I do it all the time. I let the mechanics roll, I explain the scene, I let things happen. Yeah, there's there's a I mean there's there's a there's a broader discussion there about the mm-hmm. mechanics that I had written and what they... how how they were going to do and then how you guys sidestepped them entirely, which put me into improv land. Mm-hmm. And then you stepped in four six characters stepped in six different directions, which then put me into six different improv lands all simultaneously. But I would have said the first time that you felt that we were stepping into something, Mm -hmm. I would have waited heavily on whatever that action was and then started working through whatever, how that should have fit into action economy. Mm -hmm. The moment that it became combat, though, everyone was in combat. Right, 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 right. All right, I think we've belabored this long enough. Fair enough. Let's let's we've got good some questions. questions. We got like ten minutes left, so let's do this thing. All let's right, do this thing. Pick a question. Well, Samantha has joined us in the live chat today, so Ooh. I definitely want to uh, toss her question up there. How can you learn to be reactive when PCs don't follow the intended storyline? And this is basically what I was just getting at: is the intended storyline was you know mm-hmm. this was this was particular outcome. <laughs> I even had some mechanics written down for it. Of Correct. like, if you chose this, it would it would end up like this. If you chose this, it would end up like this. But six of you went in six different directions. So what do we do with that? What are what are some ways you can think on your feet and plan some of those contingencies ahead of time so they come across a little smoother? First rule of DM Club is follow the rules. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you're, no matter what your actions are, that you follow the system that has been set up. If you are writing something, some reaction to how the PCs are going to react, that is not part of a systematic rule set that has been established for those players, they will know something is up and attempt to move away from it in fear. That's fair. That's very fair. They're going to react differently mm-hmm. to the situation and try and make it fit within the rule set because they're going to. That's all they know. That's all I know. So you could be trying something clever, and they're going to be like, they're not going to have a frame of reference for it because it's not in the rule book. So the first thing that you always need to do is establish whatever the scene is Mm -hmm. has to fit the mechanics of the system. Okay. So always write it up to meet the mechanics. Always. Mm -hmm. Even if it's going to be painful and arduous to get through. So like you were saying, like, I didn't want you guys to go through a giant encounter with a bunch of thugs and all this. You know what? Write it up that way. Literally write it up with so that that's there. So that literally, if we would have stepped out and they're like, okay, we're going to creep up on the town and attempt to steal our horses back. Okay, that's going to generate us into combat. So we're going to pause here and we'll start again next week. Mm-hmm. 
no problem whatsoever. Now, on the other hand, you're like, okay, we're going to sneak through the woods and attempt to do this thing. Okay, do we have, okay, we do have rules for that. I'm going to let you do a skill check because mm-hmm. we're going to treat this like a, 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 a out of combat sneak, which you've done. Right, right, you know, right. I'm just going to have you do the pretenses. Okay. See, that's originally how I had it written up. Was right. an out of combat skill check, a skill challenge for the group. Correct. But the group split up. That's the thing is that mm-hmm. you can, you should have preset yourself to say, okay, if the group splits up, and one group is going to be doing the skill check, and one group is not going to be doing the skill check, because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter where they're physically at. Yeah. The map could be as big or as wide or however you need it to be, because we didn't actually have a terrain map until you drew it. Mm-hmm. So the point is, is that you can say, this is what you're intending to do. Okay. It failed. We're in combat. Mm-hmm. We'll start again next week. Okay. But either way, your goal at the end of that was you are captured. Mm-hmm. Right? That's that's where you were going. So if you get to a point where in your writing, the point is capture. And the option is always prior to that. Combat usually occurs. Mm-hmm. Like if you just preset that, then it's going to be combat. There's yeah. going to be somehow somehow combat in between. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, okay, fair enough. So always work within the rules. Rule number one: mm-hmm. if it feels weird to you, or it's not part of the rule set, your players going to know right off the bat. Yep, yep. Be prepared, uh, Samantha. The other thing I would I would probably say is uh, do a lot of thinking about where things could possibly go. Mm-hmm. Um, on, honestly, like my shower time. <laughs> oh, yeah. My really all of my bathroom time. Mm-hmm. Um, my uh, as I'm trying to fall asleep at night. Uh, it, though it's not really that much of a factor right now because I'm working from home. But right. uh, my, mor- my morning and afternoon commute. Yep. All great times just to kill to just kind of go over that scenario in your head and just going like, okay, I've got until Friday to figure out this. What could the players do? What yeah. will they probably do starting with this character? Their temperament is this. They'll probably have option A, B, or C. What do I do if they do that? And then it's a lot less improv if you've kind of gone through those mental motions. You can kind of predict it and kind of, play. even if you don't write anything for it necessarily, you've at least run that scenario in your head and you you may have a, a clearer thought process on it come, come the time. I try to do it more generically mm-hmm. and think about what is the outcome, the final outcome, regardless of who is there, whether it's certain players or not certain players, what is the final outcome? Do they get away? Do they murder everyone? Do they capture everyone? Do they get captured? That's really it. Those mm-hmm. are my outcomes that are going to come out of that situation. So then I have to think of, okay, what am I going to do in those outcomes mm-hmm. to be able to get either to my plot point or to the next plot point? Mm-hmm. That's it. I don't even think about what an individual player will do anymore because I can't think about that. It will change radically. So realistically, don't think about what your chosen outcome is as a storyteller. You have to think about what the outcome could be. That's mm-hmm. it. And it sh- and simplify it. It should be really simple. Usually you want to try and break it down to two or three in your own head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then think about what your plot means at those. Because again, do they get away? That's fine. The silent ones are going to catch up with them and say, you have to return mm-hmm. because we're going to kill, they're going to kill this person in this town and that means something to you. Or they're literally going to just burn this town to the ground. Yep. Because we said we would find you. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and that's it. Okay, great. Problem solved. Right? Now I have to worry about those outcomes then. Like, when we get to that situation. I'm not going to go that far ahead. I'm just going to stop there and say, the silent ones are going to come and tell them what's going on. Mm-hmm. Now, when I, once that outcome happens, that, oh, they got away, I know what's going to roughly happen then. I can now start thinking about, okay, now that they got away, all right, so they're on the road and they got away. Okay, I need them to meet the silent ones. Okay, when they meet the silent ones, what are their options going to be? But I'm already, that, that's, that's tomorrow. That's not today. Sure, 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 sure. So don't get too far ahead of yourself and don't get buried in an individual because that individual may not even be there. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what an individual does. It matters what the final outcome of the entire group is. Yeah. Especially if your group is not prone to splitting up. Fair enough, but your group is... Anyways, that's... that. Like... <laughs> Separate. We'll we'll get there. That's that's for between podcasts. Yep, we're doing great. We're doing great. <laughs> All right. Next one. I, I'm going to ask this one to you. All right. How do you incorporate downtime in your story? Um, that entirely depends. Are we talking like long rest sort of downtime, or are we talk like for, forced downtime, or are we talking like? What did you think of my downtime in my story? Um, I liked your downtime. Okay. Uh, simply because we, we had an extended period of time in your story mm-hmm. where we had uh, gotten into some ruins of an old town, uh, or an old, old capital city, actually, like an old castle. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were several things that we needed to get up and running yep, and such like that. Um, and so we went through uh, went through some interesting skill challenges. Yep. Um, kind of went round robin on the table and uh, talked about, um, we all got to kind of add to the story. Um what? I, I, I kind of like that. Um, I know there was there was some some players in our group that didn't care for it nearly as much, um, but uh, I thought it was pretty good actually. Um, all giving us kind of a, an, an opportunity to to pipe in on things and and establish the outcome. Sure. And kind of write some things into the story. Okay. Um, I liked that. Uh, I I personally like to do very. Um, abstract downtime like that as well right you know i i'm not really into the whole you know like people talk about you know oh, well, there's, there's no potion brewing mechanics well what do you need them for you like, don't you really you kind do you of have the materials you kind of really don't you know like it yeah i don't really think you need to deal in like you know gold and how many batches of potion you know just what's a reasonable number and i'll give it to you and then we some people that. need that some people need the micro mechanics that's why some game systems are good for that and i think it comes down to your players mm-hmm. like we tend to have players who don't want to deal in the micro yeah they just want to deal in the macro mm-hmm. and we're pretty good about that so yeah. we, we fit the system to meet the players and i yeah. think that's the true for any system absolutely and you, your my your mileage may vary but um yeah. Uh, I think just incorporating downtime in the story, you, you, you take your, your reasonable week, your reasonable amount of time. So, like, mm-hmm. you've got a week mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, just go round robin and ask the, 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 the players at the table, okay, you've got a week. What would What is a major thing you would like to try to accomplish this week? Sure. You know, uh, is there an NPC you want to talk to? Is there, you know, a, a particular thing you want to buy? You know, you don't have to do whole shopping things where you role play the shopkeeper. Well, welcome to my shop. How can, you know, you just... Like, what do you want to buy? Just give me your shopping list. That's mm-hmm. fine. It, it happens mm-hmm. during this week. What is a major thing you want to do? You want to do this? Okay, cool. And you can kind of go little scene by little scene if you want to role play that stuff out or if you want to breeze through it. That's fine, too. Yep. Um, I don't really think... I The, the thing about downtime is that it is downtime. I don't yeah. think you need to spend a lot of time on it. No, it, it's not part of the story. Right. So... um. Just to let you guys know, I I can't. Well, Sarah kind of was was listening to me because I decided to 
pause a few things on our side because we don't have to fit it within an hour. So we're going to run a little <laughs> over today because we got some good questions in here and I'd rather answer those questions. And this isn't, our, this is our podcast. We can do the heck we want right now. <laughs> so a few minutes late, no big deal. All right, all right, all right, all right. So let's enjoy these questions. Um, all right, pick another one. All right, so ShibiGB asks, uh, how do you handle it when plot happens to the PCs and they seem to be drifting? What do you do to bring their imagination back to the plot? Sometimes it takes another NPC, mm-hmm. somebody important to them, someone they built up trust with, mm-hmm. um, someone uh, that uh, that maybe has given them information before to put it back in their hands. Um, if you've lost them in a hook mm-hmm. and it hasn't occurred to them that that's the hook, mm-hmm. either A... Your hook wasn't as was obvious to you, but not to them, mm-hmm. and you need to reframe the hook in a different way, or let that hook go and find another. Mm-hmm. Because the a, a good plot, a good general plot in the game, will always be something that you can just uh, come back to. Yeah, it can get paused for an indefinite amount of time, depending on the plot, um, and then re- then return to later. So, uh, for instance, maybe, like, you kind of address the fact that the king's uh, advisor is attempting to assassinate the king. Mm-hmm. And you kind of throw out a, 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 a point out there that, the, um, that it's going to happen at this next event. And the players are like, yeah, but we're going to go over here and do this thing. Okay. Great. Let them go do that thing. Mm-hmm. Then a note shows up from, you know, maybe there's a uh, a herald, maybe there's a newspaper, depends on the story and the timeline and things like that, um, that basically say there was an attempt on the king's life. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Uh, well, there was an attempt. What does that change? Mm-hmm. Well, now the king has guards. Mm-hmm. Are those guards the advisor's pick? Mm-hmm. So now the assassins are closer to the king. Now they have a serious problem. So does the game change? Maybe. Does the does the situation change? Maybe. Do they now recognize the threat? Probably. Are they going to move in that direction? Perhaps. Yeah, so that's maybe. that's where you, you, you have to bring it back around in a way that becomes obvious to them. And that's that's the hard part of any good story. Okay. Okay. I guess my, my only follow-up to that would be, why are they drifting? Right. Um, I mean, we all have life. Mm-hmm. We all have, uh, you know, things going on. Sometimes it's just not your day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're dealing with something really heavy that does nothing to do with the game. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you may have had a bout of insomnia or had to move a gun safe into a basement the day before <laughs> or, you know, something like that. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know... It might just not be a great time for you. You might be present at game, but you might not be present, you know? Um, and uh, honestly, I think it's it's good to keep that communication open with your players out of character as well. And if they seem to be drifting, if they're not they're not latching onto a particular plot point, um, you know, ask them, like, you know, hey, are, you seemed a little... You seemed a little out of it this game. Yeah. Was, was everything okay? Oh, you know, I was just dealing with X, Y, or Z because mm-hmm. real life is going on. Okay, no problem. We can come back to that later. Did yep. And even have that conversation with the modded character. Like, because yep. you are not your character, you know? Um, 
your your character is probably very present because they're living this life. They're immersed in it. Yeah. But the player sitting there at the table has, you know, work, has, you know, bills. Yeah. Has life events. M- maybe just like isn't isn't picking up a certain aspect of the system, so they're so hard focused on it. Don't be afraid to even just reinforce with that with them conversation out of character. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, well, I didn't really understand what was going on. Okay, did you pick up when I said this? No, no, I didn't actually hear that. Okay. Dwell on that a little, because that's something your character would have definitely noticed at yep. the time. Yep. You know? Yep. And it's just a different way of, of doing it. Yeah. So. Okay. One more. All right. The Mad Elf. Uh, once they're out there, uh, how big a, how big a sandbox do you keep available for your players to seek out storylines? That's fantastic. Um... I think the sandbox is less of a physical space and more of a uh, presentation. Because remember that your players only know how big the world is based upon what you let them perceive. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, if they can see the mountains, they might want to go to the mountains. If you tell them about ruins, there will be ruins. But if you only present to them the five acres that is the town that they live in, and that's it. That is where they explore. Mm-hmm. So it's about what is presented to them. And I usually say for any player world that I set up where I don't have a defined plot, I have options and hooks where I'm going to basically generate as I go. I don't let my players have more than three direct plot options. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. That I is as big as the sandbox as I let go. Uh, I don't. I don't know that I put a numerical value on it, like three options or anything like that. But what mm-hmm. I do is I just kind of say, okay, where could you, from where you are right now, mm-hmm. where could you reasonably want to go? Mm-hmm. Where could you reasonably get to? I mean, I guess if you're talking geographically, sure. Yeah, and I'm then, talking more about the lines of plot only. No, no, no. I, I, yeah. I know, I know. But I'm with but, you. I'm with but, you. But by then, by extension. Mm-hmm. If you can get there, I need to have a story ready to tell there. I'm with you on that. So that's that's really where my options come from. It's not like, well, I only want three options. Mm-hmm. But it's more like you could go north, east, south, or west. Mm-hmm. I should have a north option, an east option, a west option, and a south option. Mm-hmm. You follow? For me, it's more along the lines of if my players don't know three things to do as a group, then really I don't know where they're going to, what options they're going to be given Mm -hmm. for anything else. So regardless of where they're going or what they're doing, they need to know as a group, like, what are, what is the plot? Yeah. Where, where can we go? Mm -hmm. I'm always going to have three prepared for them. Whether those are presented to them in the form of a letter or a conversation with an NPC or whatever. Like, oh, I go talk to the blacksmith. Anything going on today? No. Just a normal day. Do you need anything? Supplies. You want to get some ore for me? There's a mine. Sure, that sounds like a great idea. So now somebody has the idea that they're going to go to the mine and get ore for the the, the shopkeep. Great. Uh, then another player could go do some other discovery and do that as well. But I will always present them with three. Mm-hmm. Side plots, things like that. Those are fluff to the story to get them, to make them feel like the world is real. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. They're not plot per se. So... Oh, 
All right. Give me just about... a second here. I'm going to actually have to get our end cap started. <laughs> I think we're about ready to wrap up here. Um, our so next what's week, next week? I think our next week's topic uh, was originally what we were planning on for today uh, is going to be a return to honor from murder hobos. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of reputation and uh, how stories end when people die. So uh, you can find us on Twitter at ST underscore Conclave, on Instagram at ST underscore Conclave. Uh, you, have, uh, you can listen to us live uh, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern uh, on MixLR.com slash Storyteller dash Conclave. And you can find us on Discord. Please join us there. Uh, there's lots of great discussion that goes on. You can join us in the uh, if you're if you're one of our uh, Patreon subscribers. You can uh, join us in the live chat during mm-hmm. the, during these uh, uh, broadcasts. Um, and you can find that Discord link on Twitter. And you can find it in the episode description of any of our episodes. Speaking of which, we'd love to thank our Patreon members, Knox, and the rest of you who help us every week make this show what it is. Our intro music is Beyond the Warriors by Geef Frog. You can find that at geefrogmusic.webly.com or on Google Music. Our outro music, which is going right now, is Only Our Footprints in the Sand by Midair Machine. You can find that on freemusicarchive.org. And we'd like to give a big shout-out to our families. Vicky and Sean, thank you so much for bearing with us through all this. Uh, our friends who have sat with us at our gaming tables over yes. the years. Uh, and you, our listeners, every single one of you, we love you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Good night.